Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Jurassic Views, Ottawa's Raptors podcast, Bryce Diamond, Monday morning, happy in-season tournament, everybody. The quarterfinals begin of the in-season tournament, Indiana playing Boston. I believe Indiana's hosting that game, 7.30 tip, and later today, Pelicans-Kings, I believe is the second matchup. Uh, Tomorrow, there'll be two more quarterfinal games. And then on Thursday, there will be uh, the semifinals, both games. And what's neat about the quarterfinals, the semifinals, the finals, is that the NBA has stopped play on those days so that the league can focus and the players even can witness this in-season tournament, what's also great in respect to the Raptors and a lot of teams in the league is that they get extra days off. The Raptors' last game, of course, was on Friday, December 1st, against the New York Knicks. We'll get to that game in a second. But they don't play again until the Miami Heat come into town, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, and company, to face the Raptors on the 6th, which is Wednesday of this week. So good to get those five days off. I think you might remember me talking about the back-to-backs this year. The Raptors had four of them in the first month of the season. And now 20 games in, a quarter of the way through the season, Raptors at 9-11, and probably two or three games below where they could be. Uh, Maybe not should be, probably two games below where many people kind of predicted them to be, which is very much a 500 team. But the Raptors are, uh, yeah, in that situation where they've got five days, which is really good for them. Allows them to bond a little more, practice a little more, and it does that for the, the whole league. And I think when you get the games in December after the in-season tournament and into Christmas, I think you'll see more fresh teams. And even the teams who are in it, you know, they get two or three days off. Then they get this quarterfinal game. No one has to play a back-to-back for the semifinals or for the finals itself. And as we've uh, said on this podcast and obviously across the league, it's been talked about loads on podcasts, by teams, players, and media in general, the semifinals and the finals are in Vegas. And I have heard time and time again, you know this from Summer League, NBA players love Vegas. There is something about high-level, highly competitive athletes that like to be around gambling, glitz and glamour, and the heat. And 
with Vegas, you get them all. So I don't, I'm not saying that all the players gamble. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that players have a gambling problem that's different than those within the general population. But what I do know through some of the work that I used to do about a decade ago and uh, what I do know from my own observations from players and podcasts and media conversations is that a lot of NBA guys like to be competitive away from the game and gambling is a, is a source is an outlet to some of that competition when it's not happening on the floor. So Vegas kind of checks all the boxes for the NBA, for the players, for this in-season tournament. I'd kind of like to see the in-season tournament next year do all the playoff, like knockout stage games, quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals, because I think there is a huge advantage for a team like Indiana tonight who hosts Boston. I think there's a huge advantage when the Lakers host the Suns, so on and so forth. And so to have a neutral site for these games, I think is really cool. Um, When you get to the knockout stage in the Champions League, for instance, in a soccer situation, which has been talked about more than I've ever heard within the NBA, Uh, because of this in-season tournament is so similar to European soccer clubs tournaments. Um, You've heard a lot about two-game draws or a two-game series, which happens. And so you would, uh, one team would get to host a game and then the other team would get to host the second game. And, And that could be done. And and certainly in this situation, I, I think you give an advantage to a team like Boston to be able to play two games, one at their place, even if they have to play in Indiana for one of them. Whoever the better team is, the more games, the better for that team who is, you know, quote unquote, the better team. But in a one game elimination knockout stage, like we have in this in-season tournament, I think it's better to have a neutral site. Um, certainly, the team uh, who hosts has a, has a distinct advantage. And in the case of Boston and Indiana, like who had the better group? Like you can talk about who had the advantage going into the tournament. I don't know if Indiana necessarily had the bigger advantage over Boston specifically in the in this. Uh, conversation. But I do think in general, the way they decided the groups were pretty even. So why not just give a a neutral site for the quarterfinals when you're going to do it anyways? Um, And then players have a whole week in Vegas. They don't have to travel. And I think when you look at how um, travel affects players and that they're going to play games uh, you know, more frequently than teams who are not at this stage in the tournament. Why not just give them that extra little incentive to be in warmer weather and uh, to not have to travel as much, right? 
the the first two games, the the quarterfinal games, and then the semifinal stage. Uh, you know, those will count toward the regular season, which is really cool that they that they did that that they're going to figure out how to to manipulate the the schedule that already exists to be able to have teams not have to play more games. The final, which is where the big money is, $500,000 to each member of the team. I thought it was a million at the start. Maybe that was a conversation that they had, but they they ended up getting $500,000 per player on each team. I'm sure the coaches get the same. And then uh, the team that loses in the final. So if you just get to the final, you earn $250,000 per player. And again, probably the coaching staff gets a little bit too. So for me, yeah, just dude in Vegas, no travel. Uh, once they get there and have it in the neutral site, I think it's just more entertaining. And, uh, you know, this is the first year that we've seen the in-season tournament. There's already uh, possible changes that you could make to this year's format I think when expansion comes into the league, which will probably be in two seasons, uh, and we're likely to get a Vegas team, uh, maybe a Seattle team, we'll see how that all works out. I think they'll probably increase the knockout stage to 16 teams. And again, you can still pull that off in a week, right? Uh, You have your Monday games, you have your Wednesday games, Friday games and then Sunday games and then Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, the rest of the league can play. And I, I just think that it makes a lot of sense. Um, the NFL is not in the playoffs yet. The uh, college football bowl games are already over. Uh, sorry, the, the college football conference games are over. So there's a two or three week gap between those games and, uh, the bowl games themselves. So I, I just think it makes a lot of sense um, for for viewers, for, for players. So anyways, who the heck am I? I'm just uh, an amateur podcaster, not a journalist, just a, a fan of the game. But that, that would be my two cents for next year. Um, I'm sure there's other uh, critiques we could make on this year's in-season tournament uh, I did really like the fact that they did have point differential. Um, I don't know why there was so much confusion around it, but apparently there was. Um, to me, when when you're in AAU, there's point differential that counts. Like, this is not new for the players. They've experienced this. At an NBA level, you don't get that. Um, there is no point differential, but in so many other sports there is, especially in tournament style. It's all the time talked about in soccer. It's talked about in hockey as well. But anytime you get a tournament play like this, um, which the NBA doesn't have, um, you know, you still have it in, in basketball. Again, definitely when these guys were growing up and they're in high school, some of those guys are not that far removed from high school guy like Scotty Barnes, or you're in AAU ball, which again is at that high school age, you're getting point differential. So this is not some like alien foreign, you know, bizarre concept. These were all used in tournament style play. 
um, for guys when they grew up and it happens in different sports all over the world. Anyways, I digress. Um, who's your pick? I'd love to know who your pick is for the in-season tournament. Again, tonight, Indiana-Boston. Then uh, the late game is New Orleans versus Sacramento. Tomorrow, uh, from the Eastern Conference, the Bucks, I believe, host the Knicks. Um, and then... Uh, which which could be a fun game. I, I would have really loved to see Knicks Pacers, to be honest, and then Bulls Celtics. We'll see if we get either one of those matchups. Uh, and then in the Western Conference, the Lakers host the Suns. So I'll go through um, the entire tournament, who I think is going to win. I would love, again, to hear your answers, who your, pred- who your predictions are. But I think because uh, the team hosting gets to host from their city and stadium. I think it's an advantage. Um, So I think most of the games will be won by the home side. Uh, But I do think Boston's just a better team. And because they had uh, three days rest going into this game in Indiana, I think they'll do just fine. I think as good as Indiana has been offensively, I think there's, there's too many gaps um, and I think there's too much at stake in this game. And so I, I predict that the Celtics will win and be the only team in the knockout stage who uh, are a road team that wins. I believe Sacramento uh, hosts New Orleans. I believe that's the case. I think they had uh, four straight wins, if I'm not mistaken. And I think Sacramento will beat New Orleans. Um, then... There's the Bucks versus the Knicks. I think the Bucks are a better team, but I also think they're really good at home. Again, the stakes are high. We know what Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and, and Chris Middleton have produced. Middleton is actually looking a lot better too. So I, I, I give that team um, the nod. Um, plus they got Dame. And if it's a close game... Uh, if, if the Knicks can keep it close, I, th- I think the Bucks will, will take full advantage of Dame time. And then in the fourth game, uh, which is the late game quarterfinal Tuesday, I believe the Lakers will beat the Suns. They just haven't been able to get healthy. And of course, Bradley Beal is still not available. I think he has at least one more week off, which sucks, but I think they'll be fine long term. But in this in-season tournament, I think the lights are bright and LeBron and La La Land get to host and I think they will take care of business. And let's be honest, um, between that Lakers franchise and LeBron, they're highly competitive. And if it means 500000 more dollars in his pocket, LeBron, uh, it's Christmas. He'll probably want to give uh, some nice gifts to his extended family and friends. So I would expect the Lakers to win that. In the semifinal, uh, it would be the Celtics versus the Bucks. It'll be a neutral site game. Knowing that the it was a close game in Boston, knowing that it'll probably be another close game in Las Vegas, I'm actually going to take the Bucks in this one. If it was a seven-game series, I would say the Celtics. But right now, in a one-off scenario, I'm going to give it to the Bucks. I think Giannis and Dame, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton will be geared up. Uh, and and I think that they will have the edge in that game. So Bucks will get to the finals. In the other game, it will be the Lakers. 
versus the Sacramento Kings. And as much as the Kings' pace will present some problems to the Lakers starters, Braun, AD, and company in the first half, I think once the game gets down to, you know, uh, half court and, and it gets tighter, um, I, I put my money on, again, the Lakers with their experience, uh, with their size, with with their defensive chops. Uh, I, I think they will be just fine in in that game. So I have Lakers Bucks uh, in in the final in Vegas, which probably the league would be extremely happy about. I'm sure they'd be even happier with the Celtics Lakers final, knowing that those are the teams who have won the most championships to be in the first ever in season tournament to have one of those franchises hoist the title. I think uh, Adam Silver would be elated. Uh, but hopefully the Bucks can, uh, you know, put the flame out on that. And uh, at least, you know, the, the commoner, the, the non-elite, non-coastal elite franchises like the Bucks, uh, you know, can, can have a representative. The Great Lakes District can have a res- representative in the final. So uh, once they're in the final, again... Knowing how competitive it will be, knowing it likely will get down to the final five minutes, um, and knowing what they have produced together in the past and recent years. I know this is the 2020 champ and the Lakers, the 2021 champ and the Bucks. The Bucks have more to prove, especially with Dame there. I think Dame and the Bucks will just be a little too tough for the Lakers. So I take the Bucks to win the first ever in-season tournament and hoist the NBA Cup, I believe is what they're calling it. And uh, if that were the case, I think everyone in the league can kind of tip their cap. It won't be Boston. It won't be LA. It won't be Braun. Um, so I think that will probably do everyone just fine. Thank you very much. And Adam Silver will have, you know, two of the, you know, legendary um, franchises, legacy franchises, as they call them, in the semifinal. So, you know, I think there will be winners for everybody. Um, and that will be great, be, uh, especially to make a little bit more money before Christmas. Um, let's switch gears and, and talk about the Raptors. As I said, they had a game on Friday, December 1st. They hosted the game. It was against the New York Knicks. Um, The Knicks had everybody healthy, so did the Raptors. The return of Mississauga's own Mississauga stand-up, R.J. Barrett, was in the house. Um, And this was a fun game to watch. I've seen highlights of many Knick games to this point. I know the Knicks have played decent basketball. Um, Certainly haven't been as flashy offensively as the Indiana Pacers. Uh, certainly haven't come out with a with a powerful all-star punch the way the Heat have started the year. Um, and they weren't shocking people, or at least surprising people, like the Orlando Magic have shocked or surprised people. I don't know if I was completely surprised. I mean, I did have them as my second uh, league pass team, Orlando, but um, I don't think I thought that they'd play this good, but again, it's only the first 20 games of the season. So 
at some point they'll come down and things will have a joke, just like it did with the Indiana Pacers. But this Knicks, Knicks team is rock solid. And I knew that the Raptors would be in tough. And, and watching this game, seeing New York play together and, and be able to follow game, the game start to finish, not just seeing highlights, you see a bunch of things. Um, number one, chemistry matters. And in the case of the New York Knicks, when they now have four guys from that 2016 Villanova championship team, DiVincenzo, uh, Mikel Bridges, sorry, not Mikel Bridges, they want him to be on the team, <laughs> DiVincenzo, uh, Brunson, sorry, my mistake, Josh Hart, and of course, there's a guy on their bench who is part of that team. I keep forgetting his name. My apologies to him, his family, his family's name. Um, I will find that out uh, for the next episode and apologize properly. Um, but I'm on the road today, so uh, I can't just look that up. But, you know, having the four of them who won a championship, who were together in college, are now in their late 20s, um, in their primes. Uh, it's exciting to see that group of guys. If Mikel Bridges, after uh, this contract, Think, I don't think it's after this year, but after the next year. If he went to the New York Knicks, I think that would just be so cool. And I, I don't know why more guys don't do that, to be honest. But you got to like each other, and you got to believe that you can do something fun together. And in the case of the Knicks, uh, DiVincenzo and Josh Hart, they lead the bench. And then Brunson leads the squad. And in the game against the Raptors, DiVincenzo and Hart kind of in, were in the closing minutes of that game, too. So you have that chemistry. And then you have continuity. Uh, Tom Thibodeau has been the coach uh, since they went to the playoffs in 2021. So this is his fourth season. He has coached um, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson uh, for the last four seasons, this being the fourth season. Uh, Grimes was there uh, last year. Jalen Brunson was there last year for the entire season. And these guys are just focused. You also have Jalen Brunson's father, who is who is in the mix. Um, and when you just go down the lineup, this team fits, but they also have continuity and chemistry. Emmanuel Quickly was drafted by the New York Knicks. The 2021 draft, I believe. It could have been the 2020 draft. But, you know, this is this is a guy, a young guy in his third or fourth year in the league. He's played very well. He was a top five uh, bench uh, six-man candidate last year. And Hartenstein in his second season with the New York Knicks. Um, he has good chemistry with this team. He, he knows his fit uh, on this club. And so you've got nine, nine guys deep easily and probably ten, to be honest, with this Knicks team, with the same coach for the last four years. And you know what else? The city of New York, New York Knicks fans love this team because of how they play. They play for the jersey. They play for the city. There's just so much chemistry, continuity. And because of that, another C word comes to mind. They have consistency. When I was on the phone with my father yesterday, he said the Raptors drive him crazy because they have no consistency. And, you know, that is true for a lot of young teams. That is true for many teams in the NBA. Probably half the teams in the NBA don't have 
a lot of consistency. And to get consistency, you have to have chemistry, you have to have continuity, as well as a lot of skill and talent. And unfortunately, in the Raptors case, there have been a ton of changes, and they just haven't been able to have that consistency. And so, yeah, there's a lot of up and down play. And even in this game, they played uh, a okay first quarter. Then it got rocky and they got down 10 points to start the second. And then they played really well, got the lead late second quarter, and the game was tied at the half. And that was like, okay, yeah, you know, they're in the game. They can play. They can hang with this team. Certainly from a talent perspective, there's not a gap. But as the game went on in that second half, you could see the Knicks just know each other better. Um, And they know the system they're playing in much, much better. And talent, if it's around even, if it's like pretty close, which in this case it is, but the other team or one team has more consistency, knowledge of each other, um, it's going to be pretty hard if they're playing pretty well to knock them off, even if it's uh, in their opposition's home, like it was for the Knicks playing in the Raptors stadium. Um, and so the Knicks got up early in that third when the Raptors just weren't as sharp. And then the Raptors got back into the game. Thibodeau was able to, you know, tighten the screws with his team. They made threes. They moved the ball well. Again, throughout that game just had a consistency even within the game they had consistency and then the chemistry raised up they took a double digit lead in early part of the fourth quarter and never looked back and this was kind of like as you know neat and tidy a mathematical game to analysts and commentators because a team in the Knicks who have been around with each other have been purposeful and progressing in their identity, won a game showing that exact arc, right? They have already built together and they built in this game together. And then, you know, as the game progressed, yes, there were twists and turns and there were runs that the Raptors went on, but you could see the Knicks just had you know, a little more advantage um, and it accumulated over time uh, like the snow did last night in Ottawa. And when that accumulation happens, you, you as a team who are going against that, try to make adjustments, but because you don't know each other as well, you don't know your system as well, the coach is still learning on the fly, it catches up to you. And in this game, it caught up to the Raptors and they just were not able to keep the pace that the Knicks did. The Knicks end up winning this 119-106, but in the fourth quarter, the Raptors got their butts kicked. And that was clear. Um, so that sucks. It's not ideal uh, to lose to the Knicks, uh, to a team who's, who's probably not as talented as you or about the same amount of talent if you go one through 10. Their starting lineup certainly isn't more talented, but it's not about just talent. You got to have more than that. And the Knicks, good for them, man. This is like as good as the the Knicks as a franchise or as a team have looked, uh, I think, since probably 2000. 
to be honest, maybe 2001. Um, and, and that's great to see. Remember that team uh, back with the Knicks, that kind of late 90s, early 2000s, they had consistency. They had an identity. Um, they had chemistry. And that brought them a lot of camaraderie. And they got wins. And, and they weren't the best team, but, but they were a very good team and were able to get results. And, uh, you know, it's, it's similar to what the Raptors did from 2014 to 2018 before they got to Kawhi. Really solid, really competitive, um, made a run to the conference finals in 2016. Uh, but, you know, that what, they weren't able to get to the next clip. So this Knicks team is probably going to do what they did last year uh, and, and have done, you know, three of the last four seasons. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be interesting. Um, they might win a first round, but they probably will hit their ceiling because they need another star. And likely what will happen is Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett will get dealt for somebody who, who's better than them, who's, who has more impact. And then you can bring a guy off the bench uh, where there's a bit of a gap, whether it's defensively or offensively, and, and then they'll have that extra level that extra gear that they need to get to the conference finals or maybe even the finals but they're not there yet but they look rock solid and and there's probably a lot of teams from 2014 to 2018 who felt like the raptors weren't that good like they were solid but they weren't spectacular and they felt like they were just as talented but the raptors just kept winning they kept winning 50 games a year um and you know this new york knicks team is is kind of built that same way and there's belief and uh they're getting wins they're getting results and and that's half of um you know you're halfway there uh, as much as teams want to win a championship it's pretty hard to be an eight nine ten seed in the league with all the talent that exists and to be the new york knicks in this position where they're just a superstar away that's a really good place to be um the raptors are not there yet um, but the Knicks gave us a, a good model. Um, if we forgot about what we did with Kyle and DeMar, they gave us a good uh, model of, of, you know, where we could be if we keep this team, which which draws me to something else. Keeping the de- keeping this team together. Um, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes. I'd even put Pirtle and uh, Schroeder there. Keep these five guys together. Keep them for the next three or four years because they will be at the very worst in two seasons, maybe even next season, but in two seasons, this team will definitely be top eight in the NBA. They will be better than the Knicks. They will be better than the Pacers. They just will be. Um, they'll probably be better than the, the Bucks in two years. They'll probably be better than uh, the Miami Heat in two years because the Miami Heat will not have a superstar any longer. So consistency and continuity makes a difference. There's a lot of ways that we have criticized uh, Dwayne Casey in the past, but I'll tell you, Dwayne Casey did something right. He knew how to work with a group of guys to get the most out of them. And he did that from 2014 to 2018 within the regular season. Um, And 
the seeing the Knicks again reminds me of that. And also uh, says to me, listen, we've got all the talent. We now need to, to keep this talent and move forward. Maybe we can't keep Gary. Fair enough. Probably we can't keep Chris Boucher um, unless we're going to say bye-bye to Precious. Probably can't keep Chris Boucher. That sucks. Uh, you're probably not going to keep Otto because for some reason he just isn't on the floor enough. But you need to keep OG, Pascal, Scotty, Dennis, and and Yak together. You really do. They're, they're too good a group of guys. And again, nobody is is 32. Only Dennis is 30. So you still have three seasons left before guys take dips from their prime. Uh, and that would only be Dennis. So I'm, I'm excited with who we got. I'm excited with our coach. And it's great to see the Knicks remind me of how nice it is to have that kind of continuity, consistency, and, and results. I'll, I'll keep it there for now. Um, much love to everybody. I hope you enjoy the in-season tournament. Um, as we do in the last uh, month, um, month, month and a half, I'll say peace to you all and peace in the Middle East. I think I don't, I don't do dreaming. I'm on your culture. I do artists.